A lot of people say they don't read the Bible because they don't understand it. And as a Christian, I feel like it's my duty to explain it to you. Welcome to the Ghetto Bible Tales. I'm your host, Jerrica. And here at the Ghetto Bible Tales, we retell Bible stories and discuss biblical themes in a comical yet understandable way. We're going to laugh, but we're going to learn too. So strap on your seatbelt, pop yourself some popcorn, and let's do this. It's your girl, Jerrica. Welcome back to another episode of the Ghetto Bible Tales. Today, we're going to be talking about my favorite person in the Bible again, and that is your boy, David. Today, we're going to talk about how Samuel anoints David as king. Get ready for this one, y'all, because this is one of my favorites. And of course, David is one of my favorites. So let's get into it. So. Before we can get into this story about David being anointed as the king, y'all already know how this goes. We have to discuss the rules of context. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I know that y'all probably groaning and moaning, but the rules of context are very important. So here we go. Rule number one of context, language. Y'all know the Bible was not originally written in English. Stop treating it like it is. Rule number two, history and culture. The Bible is ancient Israel culture. Stop applying modern day American culture to the Bible. Sweetheart, it's not gonna work. So stop doing it, okay? Rule number three of context, the Holy Spirit. You cannot understand the Bible without the Holy Spirit, without the Lord guiding you through this book. You will not be able to understand it. Trust me, I have tried. I have failed. So please, please, please get the Holy Spirit before you even crack this thing open, before you pull up your Bible app. You got to have the Holy Spirit, okay? The final rule, and one of the most important rules, all of them are important though, but you must read the Bible as a whole. People, stop taking one verse of the Bible, expanding it on this grand scale and trying to make it mean something that it doesn't because you didn't take into context the entire passage that the verse came from. Okay, so final rule of context, read the Bible as a whole. Once you gain understanding of all these rules, we can proceed within the story. Okay? Our story kicks off in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 15, and we're going to also go through chapter 16. So today we're focusing on chapter 15 and chapter 16 of 1 Samuel. The story starts off with Saul, who is the current king of Israel. Saul is rejected as the king of Israel by God because he has constantly underhanded God and disobeyed him. So God told Samuel, let your boy know that I'm done with him. We through. I done tried. 
I done gave him chance after chance. I'm done. He is no longer a king for, to me. So at this point, Saul had been the king of Israel for, if my memory serves correctly, like 50 or 60 years. I don't remember, but he was king for a long time. You know, he was the king that Israel begged for, you know, what Samuel prophesied to them and told him, you know, being under this king ain't gonna be no good joy. Ain't gonna be no joyful thing for y'all. Anyway, Saul has been king for a long time. He thought he was doing things that God didn't see, per se. And the final straw that broke the camel's back is when God sent Saul and the uh, um, military to Amalek. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Amalek or Amalek. It's at the bottom of the screen. It's at the bottom of the screen. So... I'm sorry y'all, my allergies are messed up and I don't know, ooh. So anyway, God gave the command to wipe out Amalek completely, leave nothing. So no children, no women, no um livestock, no city building, no nothing. Destroy everything is what God said. And so I was like, cool, I can do that. So any, so 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 the, the the children of Israel go into war and fight Amalek, and after defeating them, Saul decided to keep souvenirs, which is completely against what God told him to do. Apparently, Saul had kept a few women, and then he saw that the livestock was good, and he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna keep this." So you know he kept it, and when he was coming back to uh, Israel or whatever he had the, the sheep and stuff on a trailer I guess you could say like a carriage or whatever and it was covered so you couldn't see what it was but we all knew what it was and I think it said I want to say the Bible said he had gold and stuff too like he, he kept some souvenirs he didn't um he didn't destroy everything like the Lord said he, he kept some stuff so he had that on the on a trail or whatever bringing it back to Israel so Sam and God have the conversation about how God was like I'm done with Saul and I don't want him to be the king no more I need you to tell him and Sam was sad because he he anointed Saul, uh, Saul as a king initially and he another reason Sam was sad was because Saul looks like a king if you go back earlier in the um, earlier parts of 1 Samuel where we first meet Saul, we find that he's very good looking, that he's very well built physically, and he just looks beautiful and looks like a, a king. And he's from the tribe of Benjamin, so he is an uh, Israelite by birth, and he looks like a king. He looks like what people would accept as a leader because he was beautiful and all that. And Sam was like, this, this was the perfect king. So... Samuel wasn't looking at it the way God was looking at it. And so this saddened Samuel because that means that there wasn't going to be a king for Israel um, that God supported. So he was sad, but God was like, get over it and go tell him that I don't want him to be the king no more. So Sam goes and does that. So Sam goes to uh, talk to Saul and apparently something else Saul did that Sam didn't know about. Saul had, Saul had built a tribute to himself. For winning this this little fight with Amalek, he didn't built a, a statue of himself, which you was he was not supposed to do. That that was not a part of the commands that God gave him. He built the statue of himself, 
and he kept souvenirs from Amalek. And Sam was not impressed, okay? Sam goes up to Saul. And when Saul sees Sam, he immediately gets some act right because we all know that uh, prophets, when people knew when people knew a prophet was coming by, it's like they had immediate respect because the prophet talked to God, and we all know Sam actually talked to God. Like Sam, Samuel had been talking to God since he was eight, I believe. So um, when when Samuel came up, Saul got some act right real quick, and he hid the he hid all the souvenirs, and so. So soon as Sam walk up, Saul is like, I have performed the commandments of the Lord. <laughs> and Sam is like, <laughs> and Saul was like, <laughs> and then the sheep just steady bad the whole time. Sam looking like, <laughs> and Saul was like, and Sam said, shut up. Just just shut up. You disobey God. And he don't want you to be his king no more. He's taking his Holy Spirit from you. You're through. It's over. We done. And Saul looked at Sam and he was like, all of this was for God. I was bringing back all these animals to sacrifice to God. That's, that's why I, I wasn't trying to like, you know, keep them for myself. And Sam looked at him and was like, fool. He told you to get rid of everything. He ain't asked you to sacrifice nothing. He said, get rid of everything. You think you smarter than God? And then, you know, Sam was like, it's over. It's done. God said he's taking his Holy Spirit from you. He's taking his protection from you. He's taking, he lifting his protection off you because he is done with you. Because time after time, you have disobeyed God and you have underhanded him. So God said, I'm done. I'm taking my protection off you. I'm done. I'm, somebody else is going to be anointed. And Saul, you would think that Saul would be like, oh, Lord, please. You would think that he would ask for forgiveness. He didn't. He was like, okay, Sam. I understand what you're saying about, you know what I'm saying, about the Lord, you know, um, being mad at me or whatever. But um, can you keep this in between us? Like, you ain't, you ain't got to tell nobody else about it. I mean... It could just be something that me and you know. You ain't got to let the whole, you know, tribe of Israel know that um, the Lord said that he don't um, want me to be king no more. You ain't got to tell everybody. But I understand, you know, I understand. Just don't tell nobody. It's just between me and you. And Sam looked at him like, stupid. He's so talking stupid. Just stupid. Man. God prefers obedience. And obedience is better than sacrifice. That's where that line comes from. Like people um before reading the Bible, I never knew that that was even biblical. And for some reason, I always thought that it came from the New Testament, but it doesn't. It came from 1 Samuel. Cuz 1 Samuel this is this is how you learn when they say obedience is better than sacrifice, you learn through context. Through context, he was talking about sacrificing animals to God because at the time they were still doing the sacrificial system. So he was talking about sacrificing those animals to God. And Samuel was like, obedience is better than sacrifice. Do exactly what God tell you to do. Then you won't have to sacrifice to him because, you know, sacrificial system was set up for, you know, 
when they needed forgiveness or etc and so obedience is better than sacrifice if you obey and do what the lord tell you to do there is no reason for sacrifice that was the whole freaking point and Saul missed it because the truth be told he wasn't gonna sacrifice those animals he was gonna put them in his backyard okay so after this situation with Saul Samuel mourns because Saul had the makings of a great king like I said he looked like a king but just because somebody looked like something don't mean that they're destined to be that thing. Now, initially, Saul was chosen as the king for Israel. But, you know, he was disobedient. He never listened to God. And God was like, I need a king that's going to listen to me. But before finding the king, Samuel mourned the loss of Saul for a minute. And God came to him and was like, why are you crying? He rejected me, so shouldn't I be the one that's crying? But I'm not. Get up off your tail, wipe your tears, and go to Bethlehem so you can anoint a new king. Because ain't nobody got time to be sitting up here crying by no Saul. So, Samuel wipes his tears, he pack a little bag, and he heads to the little city of Bethlehem. Now, where my Bible geek said, because y'all know what Bethlehem is, right? Bethlehem is where little Jesus was born. And y'all know that Jesus is a descendant of David, right? I discussed this in episode one of Ghetto Bible Tales, in case you don't remember. Anyway, Sam goes to Bethlehem. And when Sam gets to Bethlehem, it makes the people of Bethlehem uneasy because everybody knows that Samuel is a prophet. He's a well-known prophet within Israel and everybody knows that he has direct connections to God. And usually back in those days, if a prophet came in your city, it mostly meant bad news because they were probably coming to tell you that your town about to get wiped out because the Lord is sick of you. I mean, most people when they saw a prophet, they expected a bad news they expected death and you know honestly if you're reading with the children of Israel since they were so off the wall most of the time the news would be bad however when Samuel went in went into Bethlehem he made sure to tell the people you know I'm not here to um, give y'all any bad news I'm just in town to participate in the sacrificial system I'm just I just want I came to town to sacrifice and everybody was like, oh, okay, so that set everybody at ease when he came in and said, you know, I'm just here to sacrifice, which he did. He did go down there and he did participate in the sacrificial uh, ceremony, but he also was there to anoint a new king. However, he couldn't let everybody know that he was anointing a new king because that probably would have, that probably would have sparked chaos. So he, he, he said he was there to uh, sacrifice to the Lord. And when he got there, he went to see Jesse, who is David's father. And he asked Jesse, could he sacrifice to the Lord with him? So they participated in a sacrificial ceremony together. So after um, Sam and Jesse's family participate in the um, sacrificial ceremony, Sam tells Jesse why he's really there. And he's like, you know, God sent me to Bethlehem to your home to anoint a new king and jesse had a good bit of sons i cannot remember the number but he had 
a lot. I, it was about six of them, I think. Six or seven sons. Um, So, Jesse, being that one of his sons was going to be the king, he was excited. So, he brought out all his sons to uh, see Samuel. So, Samuel is looking over all the sons. He goes to the oldest son, and his name is Eliab. I think I may be pronouncing that wrong. His name is at the bottom of the screen. Y'all know this by now that your girl is not good with pronunciation. So, Eliab is the oldest and that is the first son that Sam looks over. And Sam looks at Eliab and he immediately is stuck on appearance. Because Eliab is of good physical stature and he's the oldest. So Sam is like, oh, this would be a perfect king. And then like a buzzer go off, it's like ding, 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 ding. God pops in Samuel's earpiece and he's like, nope, not that one. So Sam moves onward to the next uh, son who is also of great physical stature. And he's like, okay, Lord, what about this one? And God says, Nope. Sam moves on to the next one. <laughs> he just, like, all the boys are lined up and he just keep going down the line. And he was like, okay, Lord, what about this one? God like, mm-mm. Nope. Sam goes to another brother. He's like, okay, Lord, it got to be this one. And God was like, Samuel, see, you look at the outward appearance. I'm looking at the heart. Because we didn't already went through this when we went with the outward appearance with Saul because he looked like a king. I ain't thinking about that. I'm thinking about the heart. I want somebody that's, that's, that's going to have the heart of a king, not the look of a king. So Samuel, he go through all Jesse's sons and he's like, okay, well, well, which one is it then, Lord? Because God went through all... God went through all of them and said, no, I don't want him. I don't want him. I don't want him. Not that one either. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And Sam was like, well, ain't nobody else here. Like, who? Is it Jesse? Do you want me to anoint Jesse? Ain't no more, ain't no more sons. Ain't no more children. What you want me to do, Lord? So after Sam go through all seven of the sons and God say no to each, he look at Jesse and he was like, you sure you ain't got no more? Like, it got to be another one somewhere. And Jesse's finally like a bell go off in his head. And he's like, oh, the baby is outside. Little David outside with the sheep. You want me to call him? And Sam was like, well, I mean, yeah, because it sure as hell ain't none of these. <laughs> so David comes in. Mind you, David works outside. He's a shepherd. And being a shepherd is a very hard job because you got to fight animals and stuff like and you gotta watch out for your sheep. That's another reason he was good enough, good to be a king. But anyway, so David come from outside. I just imagine that he was stanky. Like, y'all know when children go outside and play and then they come in the house and they just smell rancid. Imagine how David smelled. He been outside with animals. I bet he was funky. And I bet he was dirty because he he, 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 he a little boy. Boys are little boys when they play outside. They be so nasty. I bet he was dirty and nasty and he come in the house and, and I bet Jesse was embarrassed like that's why he didn't tell Sam about him initially like that little dirty boy out there no I know I know you ain't looking for that but surely he ain't gonna be no king but hey like we like I said you know God God don't look at the outward appearance he look he look he looking inward he don't look outward he look inward and David had the heart of king 
So um, David comes in all dirty, <laughs> stanky. And Sam looks him over. And um, the Bible notes that David is red with bright eyes. And he's a handsome young boy. Um, When they say red, I'm assuming either David's skin tone had a reddish tint to it. Or David was a redhead. I'm not sure because multiple times within the Bible, they refer to David as ruddy and ruddy means red. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if they're referring to his skin tone or his hair color, but he was red and he had big bright eyes. And uh, Sam, Sam said he was nice looking. And when Sam looked him over and God, and, and when he came in, Sam looked him over and God said, that's the one I want you to anoint him. So, Sam went and anointed David, poured oil over his head. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the beginning of a, a, a relationship between David and Samuel. Because, you know, Samuel ended up pretty much becoming David's advisor um, until he died. And after Samuel died, uh, Nathan became David's advisor. And, and Nathan, oh, wow, I love Nathan because Nathan was... Nathan kept it a hundred with David. Oh my God. He was the best advisor to David. He did not care about no feelings. The prophet Nathan wasn't no joke. That's another one I'm gonna have to talk about. Prophet Nathan wasn't no joke. He came with he came with a hundred percent realness at all times. But um yeah, Sam anoints David as the king. Now, after he anoint him, this is kept secret because um Oh, 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 and he anointed David as king in front of all his brothers, y'all. Can you imagine being the oldest brothers and watching your baby brother be anointed as king? Like in the future, he gonna be over you? Like, can you imagine how, how embarrassed they feel? And as you can imagine, they didn't like him too much after that either. Because when you get to, when we skip forward to the David and Goliath story, every time they see him coming, they roll their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but um when Sam anoints David it's kept a secret you know we um David don't become king until much 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 later um after Saul dies cause you know Saul's still alive and politically Saul still is the king it's just that spiritually God took his uh, veil of protection off of him so God didn't see him as a king but Israel still saw Saul politically as a king for a while because David was still a child at this point he probably was no older than 12 or 13 when he got anointed to be the king <clears throat> and after his anointing he um he ended up being put within the um castle because when God's spirit was taken away from Saul Saul became depressed and David, that and Saul had heard that there was a little boy in Bethlehem who could play the harp, and he had called for him. And David ended up making uh, constant trips to the the castle to play his harp for the king. So he ended up building a relationship with royalty at that point. You know, basically God setting him up to um, be the king and be in front of the people of Israel so they can see how great of a king he is. But anyway, he played the harp for Saul as a child because Saul would be depressed and David's harp would soothe him. So that's pretty much how David had an introduction to the king anyway. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of Sam anointing David as the king. But you do not have to take my word for it. You can open your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 15 and chapter 16, where you get to meet this amazing little boy named David. My favorite person in the Bible, second to Jesus. But anyway, that's all for us today. I hope y'all enjoyed this Ghetto Bible Tale episode. Um, please like, comment, and subscribe. Please sign up for the mailing list so you can get updates on when the next video is posted. And I just thank all y'all for tuning in this far. And make sure you follow the podcast as well. And go to GhettoBibleTales.com. Um, once again, until next time. All Ghetto Bible Tale episodes are posted on YouTube simultaneously in video format. Thanks for tuning in. You can follow the show on all social media at Ghetto Bible Tales. Head on over to GhettoBibleTales.com and you can sign up for the mailing list so that you can be notified of updates and other things. You can also request topics or stories that you'd like for me to discuss on the show. Once again, I'm your host Jerrica and this has been the Ghetto Bible Tales. New episodes are posted every Wednesday and every Sunday.